Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Today is Thursday, which means it is time for another happy hour. As always, drink responsibly if you choose to do so. Uh, what are you drinking, Samantha? I'm keeping it simple for this sad, sad hour. <laughs> Unhappy hour. It's, um, an, it's an okay hour. <laughs> oh, is it an okay hour? Okay. I assumed it being Annie's Corner would be an unhappy hour, but I guess it is a neutral hour. It's an ups and downs hour. That it's actually going to be like ups 10 to downs. 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. Ups and downs. You ready for the roller coaster? I am drinking a seltzer. Ah. Just a strawberry lemonade seltzer. Keeping it easygoing, summery in this very much of a rainstorm. Because the hurricane has come through. For those of you out in uh, New Orleans and Louisiana, we're thinking about you and hope you are safe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. What about you? I am drinking a Dagobah Slug Slugger. Which, if you can see, is greenish blue. Nice. Yes, because I celebrated a friend's birthday and my birthday last weekend by staying in and eating a lot of Star Wars-themed foods and watching a lot of Star Wars and drinking some Star Wars drinks. And our friend and colleague, Holly Fry, who was on this happy hour before to talk about um, Star Wars, among many things, sent me all of these recommendations, of course. Oh. Yes. And so this is from the Galaxy's Edge cookbook, which I did get for my birthday. Oh, yay. Yeah, it's essentially a margarita. It's it's tequila and then blue curacao for the color, just a little bit, and then a little bit of water and lime juice, and then kind of a rosemary ginger simple syrup. Mine, for some reason, is much bluer than the picture in the book. And I can't figure out where I went wrong, but something is awry. And then I put blackberries in there. Isn't it supposed to be blue? It's supposed to be green. Oh. So something with the blue curse, I was supposed to do something, and it's not happening in mine. It's still a cool color. Maybe you didn't put enough lime juice? I put in a lot of lime juice. Because it is a little Mm. bit sweeter than I normally would drink, and so I added a lot more. And also, I'm drinking it out of the glass you got me, which is the Last of Us 2 glass. And it says, if I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself, which is this very sad song slash quote of the whole movie. The whole movie. See, it's a movie to me. It's a game. It seems like a movie. Experience. <laughs> you you take it in like a movie, so there's that. I do. I do. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about what we're talking about today, which is my experience cosplaying as a woman, because I have been working on an Ellie from The Last of Us 2 cosplay, which is fairly simple costume-wise. And for a lot of reasons, I've said before, I wear a lot of costumes for work. And I am currently scheduled to speak at Dragon Con, which I'm still, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, it just got me thinking about all of this. And I know I've touched on it before, but I want to talk about it because I do, I'm actually kind of shy. And when I do cosplay, it is, it does take a minute. Like I have to get over kind of an embarrassment. But I, it, if I can do that, then it, it is a wonderful experience of feeling like someone else for a minute, just feeling like really, really, for me, it feels like really empowering. But that being said, there is a long history of women cosplaying, kind of being relegated into two categories. And it really annoys me because we've talked about gatekeeping when it comes to fandom 
And cosplay is generally seen as more of a woman's area. Um, and, and I think everyone knows, but just in case you don't, cosplay is like costuming. It generally has some element of like you're behaving as that character, but it doesn't always. I think a lot of times it just gets thrown around as uh, you make this costume to be this character. But the two categories I was talking about, I feel like women are relegated to is either sexy or funny. Right. And it's, you can't be anything in between, which is, you know, not unique to nerd culture or at all. Like, I know it's been an ongoing conversation around Halloween costumes, even, of just the options that are available for women. And I think when it comes to the sexualized aspect, it's really unfortunate for a lot of reasons because there are plenty of times when I feel like I have to make considerations in costumes that other like dudes don't have to make of how is right. this going to be perceived. And I, sometimes I even think about, well, what does this costume mean? Like, if I wanted to be this character, is it in some way like not feminist or like the way I would wear it, is it not feminist? No matter what you do, you're going to be sexualized. <laughs> so there have been times, because uh, I, I think it's no secret that I have worn a lot of, like the Winter Soldier is the one I'm known for. And that one, it can be seen as sexy. <laughs> it wasn't really my intent, but you know, it's like a lot of leather and it's pretty tight. And then I've done like Catwoman, which has also got a lot of leather. And then right now I'm working on like Luke Skywalker and I've got my Hela costume and my Harley Quinn costume. But all of that, if you wear something like that, which is also called gender bending, is when you dress as a gender that is not your own, a character who identifies as a different gender than your own. I feel like there's this judgment that happens where usually men are angry with you or look down on you for sexualizing their favorite character or somehow making them like more effeminate in quotes or weaker by being a woman dressing as this. But like, that's ridiculous. A woman could never do what this character does. And then, like, I'll never forget one time I was, like, I was dressed as Catwoman and I got so many sexual comments, like, so, so, so many. And this one guy came up to me and he just said, like, in the grossest, like, lyriest voice ever, like, you know what you're doing. And it, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, if you dress that way, you have to expect that. That seems to be the vibe. It's like, well, you dress like that. So this is the attention you're going to get. You knew what you were doing. Just, yeah, it's gross. It's gross. And then there's another aspect of it of if you're dressed as a character, people will ask to take pictures with you. And you would, well, you probably would believe it. But I have gotten asked to do all kinds of like positions and, like, they just want this picture with their character. But it's like, I don't feel like you'd ask that of a man. <laughs> I really don't. Mm -hmm. And then, on top of that, there's, like, well, what if children see me and I don't want... And I, and I like, hate that I have to think about that at all, but I don't want them to see this, like, interactions and think, like, this is normal or this is what should be accepted or expected. But at the same time, if I want to dress sexily, then I want to dress sexily. Like, I don't... <laughs> All these considerations. And the only way to escape that is to do, like, the other total opposite end of the spectrum and do something really funny where you're not right. sexual at all. 
So hopefully you can escape this kind of attention. I, I mean, that's a whole other conversation too of like what costumes, how costume design for women has been in Generally Sexy. So like what's available to you to choose from. Sex in the City talked about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> Tell me more. It essentially was Halloween <laughs> and the costumes were, uh, I think it's like Sexy Cat or... Oh, Frumpy witch or something like that. Essentially, yeah. say either you're one or the other, and you can't. There's and they're like, "Yep, you just said a whole mouthful right there." Yeah, it's essentially yeah. We talk about that all the time. The Madonna and the horse syndrome. Like eventually, <laughs> you have to choose one or the other. And I've thought about that too. And I'm feeling like really sad and down on myself. Like, how long can I get away with cosplaying before people just think I'm pathetic? <laughs> just terrible. Right. If I'm having fun, continue to do it. But that is, like, sometimes I do feel really embarrassed when I do it. And there's a weird, like, and I'm thinking of conventions specifically here. Um, This is a dude space. And my dude costume is really good, while yours is silly and, like, not good. And I don't want to be around you. And it's it's very strange, because, like I said, again, outside of conventions, I feel like cosplay is more of a woman's realm and has been. But you enter that space, and suddenly it's like, you are just an amateur mm-hmm. trying to keep up. And that can differ by genre too, because some genres have more intense gatekeeping than others. But that that also comes with it. And we did like the fake geek girl episode. I've been tested on my like Marvel knowledge before when people come up and be like, you don't have the right to dress as this character because you don't know enough about them or whatever. Right. Which is so dumb. <laughs> So dumb. And I hate that I get caught up into it because I'll sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, I do. But I'm like, I shouldn't even give it a time of day. It doesn't (laughs) matter in either case. (laughs) Right. Like, what's the point in such gatekeeping when we're just here for fun? Yes. And also, I mean, that's a big, uh, that is a big can of worms that I've tried to like let go. But I, I don't feel like I'm very good at making things. And there is a kind of an air around Dragon Con, because Dragon Con is the one in Atlanta is more about costumes and cosplay than it is about, I would say, the guests or celebrities. That's been my experience. And that being said, there is a level of judgment that comes with if you bought your costume versus if you made it. And I really don't care. Uh, I do appreciate when people took the time and have the skill to make it, but I really, you know great for you, but I'm not going to judge people for buying stuff. Yeah, I can unpack that more later. But for simplicity's sake right now, (laughs) generally, I'm not going to judge people for buying stuff. But I find that a lot of the guys who I felt judged by have bought like everything they have and I've made mine. And I guess mine is like, you can tell I made it. But ah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm telling you. It's true. Yeah. This is just my anecdotal experience. And I feel like I do have a lot of anecdotal experience with friends of mine as well. But I also feel like there's a a level of you're not X enough to be this character, which does happen to men, but I think it happens way more to women. It's like you're not strong enough and you could never be strong enough or you're not, you don't fit the part for whatever reason. And therefore, you're just like a little girl masquerading around 
which is gross too. And kind of unrealistic because most of the characters you're dressing up as, you're nothing alike. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So it may, you may look somewhat like that person, but that doesn't mean you have that personality nor right. mindset or, or superhero you abilities. <laughs> You're not right. magic, bruh. <laughs> right. So why are you trying to gatekeep because they don't look enough? Like all you like you're faking too. Like you're making pretend and enjoying your life. And having a moment that's a little outside of reality because it's nice to escape reality. So yeah. let it be. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, we could come back and have a bigger conversation about that. And we've talked about it a little in other things, but, and I could be totally wrong. This could be just me, you know, analyzing dude fans at these conventions that have done this to me because I've met plenty of nice, like male fans. Um, but, in general, my bad experiences have been with dudes at these things. And it it's almost like they're so insecure. Like they, they feel like they've been made fun of for being nerds for their life. And we talked about this with gatekeeping for sure. Like that they want to put you down and make you feel like I've done the hard work. I know what I'm talking about. I've earned this expertise and the right to do this. And they just assume because you're a woman that you haven't. And I, I feel, I don't know, it feels to me like it's coming from a place of insecurity. And I could be totally wrong. But like they're, they're nervous about being made fun of. So they're like, I'm going to make fun of her before she can get me first. <laughs> oh, sure. There's a lot of insecurity in a lot of this. Again, I think part of it is some people take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Very seriously. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about with fandoms, don't mess with people. Step out of line, you're going to get called out real quick. Mm -hmm. And it goes beyond just loving something. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it becomes a whole other level of ownership, which is not the worst thing, but can become unhealthy. Oh, absolutely. And there, there are so many avenues of cosplay, which I love, that have been unhealthy and and are improving. Um, And when you talk about conventions in specific... Like the things we talk about all the time, like there's layers of racism and ableism and sexism just because it's not like it's separate from the world. It's, and that's the world we live in. So there are aspects of that as well. And I'm glad we're having those conversations. And also just, you know, access, like who can afford to go to these things. Right. And who can afford to buy their costume or to make their own costume, like all that stuff. And then we're judging people who had to do whatever they had to do to be a character that they want to be and love, and then making them feel guilty about it. Right. Which, it's, it should be a fun experience where we're sharing, like, a love of something. And I think, you know, again, I know I bring it up all the time, but, like, things like fan fiction, I feel like there's a judgment of my way is the right way to enjoy a fandom. You don't get it. You're making it worse for being here as a woman. Because it's so... I feel like there's just a layer of seeing it as weaker. Like, you are making how dare you dress as the Winter Soldier because now I feel like he's weak and effeminate. Right. Like that aspect of it. All that being said, I do love cosplaying and I find it really rewarding. I find the dressing up of it rewarding. And I also, like I said, I don't feel like I'm good at making things. But I did make it. Like I was persistent and determined and there was some amount of of real success that I got from that. And especially when um, the Winter Soldier arm, I've made four of them. And they, I feel like they got better and better. And I eventually got so good at it. I posted a video on my Instagram of like, 
here's how you do it. I did it one, like, you know, a couple hours. Whereas before it took me like months <laughs> to do it. So I feel like there's so many levels of expertise in this, whether it is your knowledge of it or your love of something or how you made it. And people get really, really creative. And I'll never forget one time this like college professor came up to me, like took a picture and, you know, said, can I use this in my art class? How did you do this? And that's that's a wonderful feeling. And I think like a lot of women do that where we doubt the things that we've made or have done or put together. And we shouldn't, like we shouldn't have that level of doubt. And that being said, we have an episode coming up on blogs. And you asked me, Samantha, like if you could have made something doing something else or if you could have a blog, what would it be? It would obviously be fan fiction. But I think I could do a cosplay one because that's where I've gotten a lot of tips for how to make things through cosplay blogs. And I once was asked if I would cosplay professionally and I lost the damn business card. But there's a life where I'm out there cosplaying and getting paid for it. <laughs> you should. Because your, your stuff is really good. Very thought out. I think you have a lot of good supporters because your friends, some of your friends are amazing at this cosplay thing. Uh, and again, a, f- a friend of the show, Holly, amazing at this cosplay thing. Oh, yeah. Just amazing in general so and crafting. Good. I have no skills. So I would definitely be that person that would buy things. I, I mean, I'm not even pretending. It's not like I'm being self-deprecating. I really don't have the crafting skills to make things. I can barely draw things. My handwriting is unintelligible. Like that's just, it's just bad. So for people who do things, I'm like, wow. Great job. And you do a great job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, you know, as always, this was never an attempt to get a compliment, but I will take it. I will take it. And I have had to be creative, and I've, I've liked that. Like, I've had to, like, find pieces and stuff that normally wouldn't go together and make it. And I, you know what? Proud of that. Proud. You should be. But listeners... Oh my goodness. If you have cosplay pictures you want to share with us or tips, please send them our way. You can email us at stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Also good at most things she does, I believe. Yes. Oh, for sure. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 